Mainly sunny and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Almost 200 people lobbied for the release of a church leader outside of the Calgary Remand Centre yesterday. Fairview Baptist Church pastor Tim Stevens was arrested last Monday after allegedly violating a court order and holding an outdoor service that defied pandemic-related public health orders. It was the second time Stevens was arrested in less than a month in connection with public health order violations. He remains in custody ahead of a June 28th court appearance. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Still seeing light volume all across the city this Sunday morning, also dealing with that glare factor from the sun for eastbound drivers. So be prepared for that. As for construction in the southwest, we have some work happening along Glenmore Trail and Richard Road. Though I'm not seeing any delays right now. This goes just until 10 a.m. today. Worried about mosquitoes and ticks? Luckily, there's off repellents to protect you. Trust their family to protect yours. Get outdoors this summer with mosquito and tick protection. Off. Live on. From the 770 HQR Topping Helicopter, I'm Kay Eason. A Calgary police service dog was involved in a biting incident of a suspect as well as an innocent bystander during a police operation yesterday. The CPSK-9 unit was deployed during a high-risk arrest involving five fleeing suspects believed to be connected to a Calgary liquor store robbery and stolen vehicle pursuit. One police dog was successful in apprehending one of the suspects at the Calgary Zoo parking lot. However, in the process, another canine bit a bystander, resulting in soft tissue injuries. All five suspects were apprehended and taken into custody. The investigation is ongoing and police remain in contact with the citizen to ensure their access to supports and resources during their recovery. The Premier may be calling it the best summer ever, but for many in the province's tourism industry, it's another summer lost as the U.S.-Canada border remains closed. International tourists make up a huge chunk of revenue for places like Jasper, where they've only seen half of what they usually make due to the pandemic. CEO of Jasper Tourism, James Jackson, says local tourists did their best to, to bolster the industry, but they can only do so much. They came out and supported us as much as they could, and we still only generated just over 50% of our revenues. So um, we, really need, we really need those international visitors back. Jackson says the industry would like to see a firm plan from the federal government on when the border might be able to reopen. High shipping rates, delays and increases in grain costs have sent food prices soaring for restaurants across the country, already reeling from pandemic restrictions and closures. The latest Canada's food price report says the pandemic's effect on food prices is impacting nearly the entire supply chain. It predicts there will be a 5% increase in prices this year. Meanwhile, a survey by Restaurants Canada predicts rising food costs will remain a huge challenge for restaurants for the rest of 2021. It says it expects many restaurants across the country will have to raise menu prices in order to cover higher food expenses. One Edmonton restaurant owner notes the cost of canola oil, for example, is nearly doubled since the pandemic began. Steve Henniger, the Canadian Press. Taking a look at sports, about 3,500 fans will be at the Bell Centre tonight to watch the Canadians take on the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 4 of the NHL semifinal matchup. Montreal could snag a 3-1 lead in the series with a victory. The Habs are coming off a dramatic Game 3 overtime triumph that saw, some, that saw them score a fluke equalizing goal late in the third period.
It's 14 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, happy Father's Day to all the wonderful dads out there and uh, doing their thing and hopefully they're getting to sit back a little bit today and uh, <laughs> relax a little bit and have some fun and hopefully the family looks after you a little bit and uh, enjoy the day. It's going to be a beautiful day. The sun is shining a little better than yesterday. Yesterday started raining. Good little rain, though. Good steady little downpour. It's good. We need it. I'm not one for saying that because I always think irrigation does a better job than getting it too wet. But we definitely need to have the rain, keep the rivers up. Just listening to some of the stories down in California and that. And down south where water is a premium and they, they say that. So we're we're fortunate. The river was flowing high last night. My wife and I went for a little walk down by the river, and uh, it was flowing pretty high right now. So uh, stay off of the river. Stay away from it. If you're out for a Father's Day walk, uh, don't get too close. But it's uh, one of those things that uh, the river's an awesome place to be, but it can be very dangerous. Just like the garden sometimes. <laughs> if you touch the wrong thing or... Or the wrong tools or or whatever. It's amazing what can happen. You come in with all kinds of rashes if you're digging in your junipers, cutting out that deadwood. You can end up with all kinds of little red dots all over your arm from the junipers. So anyways, enjoy the day, whatever you're gonna do, whether you're a dad or not, just enjoy. I'm gonna do a couple of texts here real quick. Good morning. I'm wondering if you're able to tell me what is happening to my greenhouse tomatoes. I did have aphids, but treated them successfully with three treatments of Pierce Green. Oh, sorry, there's no picture or nothing. I should have actually read that a little bit more uh, before I read it out loud. Oh, here they come. Nice. Let's see. Oh, oh. yeah, that looks like you got... Huh. It looks... Like a bit of a fungus, but it's a uh, it's a tough one. When the so I mean, I'm gonna look at a couple. Yeah, it's curling up, and maybe a little bit of. Uh, I'm not sure if you maybe sprayed it when it was really really hot. Um, it could have created a little bit of a magnifying glass and could have burnt. That's something you got to be a little bit careful. But it doesn't really look like burn because it's coming from the inside, so. I'm not too sure. I'm trying, I'll am i look at that a bit closer. But it does look like a little bit of burn. I would pull all those leaves off, all the ones that are affected like that, and and uh, you're growing in those maxi cap things, those bags, and uh, just give it a good watering, flush it through, and uh, just remove a bunch of that uh, burnt foliage, and uh, hopefully that uh, it can rebound away from that. Because that stuff's not going to come back anyways. So I would just remove it and and then see what it does after that. But you are getting lots of curling up, which a lot of times indicates it's a it's a fungus. But when I see that a uh, little bit of burned on the ends, so you, you may have a couple things. But I would just try to remove a bunch of the foliage, and uh, and even if it ends up look like you don't have much, I would still do that and. Uh, 
and it's amazing their tomato will should recover fairly quickly hopefully and i'm going to take a couple calls real quick we're going to go to ellen good morning ellen good morning ellen good morning merrill hi how are you good how are you good 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 it hey, must, it's alan then right yes it is okay hey i my potatoes are about a foot tall and all the leaves on top are curling up and shriveling up like the, could be the, not enough water not enough water <laughs> could be yeah are you keeping them fairly moist yes water them almost every day like slower deeper watering like well, they don't like water on top wet. of the hose you know yeah, I would probably try to do a little bit longer cycle with the water, like because as they grow, they take a lot more water because they got to develop the tubers and the more foliage there is. And, and we did go through a little bit of a hot spell before. Yeah, so a lot of really, when I see we had 30, 37 one day out here. Yeah, so when I see it going upwards, a lot of times that tells me that it's just it's running a little bit dry. Okay, okay. So if you could try and just do a little bit more like water for 15, 20 minutes, like with a sprinkler, leave mm -hmm. it for a bit, then water again for another 15 or 20, sort of three times in one day. Okay. And then do it every two or three days, depending on what the weather's doing. Okay. Okay. I got another question, Merle. Hey, on my lawn, I'm getting a lot of little holes with dirt coming out, and I'm thinking it's ants. So how do I get rid of them, and what do I do? Uh, ants are always uh, a tough one. Like, There's a few different things you can use. Um, we have ant out, which is a diatomaceous earth, basically. Okay. Um, and that works quite well. Um, there's a couple ant sprays that you can use. Um, you could try the ant hotel that we've talked about if you're looking for some Well, they're taking over my lawn. They're really starting to destroy the side of my lawn and stuff. Like, you okay. Know. So what I would do is, and maybe just do a soil drench then, like either with pure spray green Okay. Or, and then you just soak it really well. And that's, again, if you're maybe not watered quite enough in some of those areas because the ants, they love it when it gets dry and hot like that, and okay. then they move in. So if you get a little bit wetter, put a little bit more water down, they they don't like that, right? So okay. if you do that slower, deeper watering. Slow the soak um, the hose and stuff, yeah. Yeah, okay. soak it down a few times, and they're, they'll move out of there pretty quickly as well. Okay, thank you very much. All righty. Okay, thank you, Merle. You have a All right, day. happy Father's Day to you. You too, girl. Thanks, bye. Thanks, take care. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing really good. How can I have help you? Have a great Father's Day. Thank you so much. So my question was um, pure spray green. Will that yes. kill ants? It can, yes. It but More stuff, like it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil, so... And like I mentioned just to the last caller, you can do a soil drench with it, and it works quite well. So your water. So I mean really by a soil drench, yeah. Yeah, water it really good first, and then fill a bucket up, mix it properly, and then dump the dump the bucket in over top of that hole. And you might have to do it sort of three or four times, but yeah. uh, that should definitely help out. Yeah, because it looks like the ants are actually eating the roots of the grass. Huh. Yeah, they. I guess they kind of move in, and it looks that way. <laughs> they typically don't eat the grass. You might have cinch bug as well. Okay. That's another one that's been sort of all over our area, going after um, a lot of our turf areas. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's really great. 
Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Thank yep. you, Barbara. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'm going to chat with uh, Mark Trozo. He's from our Pruned Up Tree Care. He's going to let us know what's going on there with our trees at this time of year. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go to the gentleman who has you covered in the tree care department Mm -hmm. and lawn care now. We're going to go to Mark Trozo. He's the operations manager of Prune It Up and the Green It Up divisions of Spruce It Up. (laughs) <laughs> what, what what are you up to in green it up and burn it up? <laughs> yeah, that, that How you a, doing, Mark? A, a mouthful there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Happy Father's Day, first of all, and uh, yeah, happy same Father's to you Day as well to, to my dad and and all the fathers out there. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we've been really busy uh, on on the tree and lawn side. We've been doing our uh, our green it up bundles and. The guys have been going really hard, getting uh, getting caught up on lawns and 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 doing the root the deep root injections for uh, for the trees and the, and the that cruises. it really does make a difference. Like I I know since we started up a couple of years ago and, and obviously part of the company or whatever. So I, I I'm just going to say that, but I'm not like gonna just say that because like uh, that but laura leaf will actually i was gonna send you a picture this morning i was out there and i was just like like i can't see through it now like it's just create it's just so thick and it's just filled in so much the last couple years and just looking at my schubert's in the front yard they just everything just looks so healthy so it's uh it does help when people uh you know with with the root injections people tend to tend to think that um you know the trees are going to grow bigger, or I mean, you'll get some of that, but it's to to encourage healthy growth, and it's a preventative for pests and disease. Like the healthier you can keep everything, the less less issues your trees and shrubs will have, right? So, you know that's why we we really push this and and want to want to have people do it because it's just going to encourage healthy growth and and less less issues, especially for here with all of our chinooks and. And the weather change, like it's just so tough on everything. No, absolutely, and it's, and and I get that sometimes from our nurseries, we'll get some of our new trees that we get in, and where they're growing, and they boost them full of fertilizer, and there's like three, four feet of new growth. But you don't want to do that to your existing trees, and and even in the nurseries, and then there's a lot of them come from BC and different places where they have a little better weather, but. Like it's easy to shoot growth. Like we could just go hit it with a whole bunch of nitrogen, but we have a good, well-balanced fertilizer that you guys are using for the tree 100%. and shrub, and you and you feed it down into the roots, and uh, it, it does like taking a good multivitamin for your trees, right? Like just keeps them that nice and healthy, and and like I said, they're my trees are just thickening up like crazy. They just look super healthy, and and like you're saying for the bugs. The bugs know the weak. They go after it, just like in Mother Nature. Like the wolf will go pick out the, the sick <laughs> elk, right? Like, and that's just like the bugs. They go wrong and they'll see the, the weak tree and they go after it. And, yeah. and, the, and then the birds go after it because there's bugs inside the park and blah, 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 right? So it's. Uh, 
so yeah, the healthier you can keep things, obviously the better. And, you know, not only that this is, is this good for, you know, keeping the, the trees and shrubs healthy, but it's good for your soil. It, it breaks up soil compaction and, and it stimulates fine root, root hair growth. And, you know, everything starts with the roots. So, you know, if you can break up that compaction and, and all that stuff, when, you know, you as a, the homeowner, when you're watering or even fertilizing yourself, now you're going to hit those fine root hairs and, and you'll notice a huge difference with everything. Absolutely. Um, and then you, you were doing the, the birch leaf miner injection, so that's all finished up for the season? Yeah, that's um, all finished. And uh, now, now we're going into the pruning of the, the birch and the maple, so we've been... Uh, getting that because now now's the time to to do it when it's in full leaf um uh, the tree just has a so so why is that margaret why you don't you don't prune birch and maple in the winter time or well, not recommended? They, they just they just have all their stored water uh from from over dormancy and uh if you're making larger cuts i mean you can make some cuts and and like when the leaves are off if, if you have to just to get some dead out but if you're making larger cuts You'll actually see that the tree will bleed like crazy. It'll it's almost like a tap is running on some of the larger cuts. So that's why we like to wait to to full leaf. I remember the first time I did that by first time I did that by mistake. I was like younger. And I didn't know exactly. I was out pruning. And I started young, and I was doing. I was cutting this guy's trees, and I cut a few branch off this maple. And then all of a sudden, it just started bleeding. I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, <I didn't laughs> it felt like a, I was at a murder scene or something. Like that. I thought it, was just, thought it was blood oozing out of that thing. But uh, it, they all survive, but it, it, it isn't the best for them. So what about if there's existing? Like, would you guys do any injection injections like on asp- aspens that get that leaf miner? Uh, like leaf roller or no, the miner, the same thing. Like it has the the leaf, and then it has the little. You see the little um, looks like worms crawling through the aspen leaves. We get quite a bit of that now. It seems to be affecting our columnar aspens and trembling aspen the last couple of years. We're we're not doing injections for that. Um, pure spray green is a uh, is a good thing to always use, um, and just. Again, uh, going back to root feed and getting everything as healthy as possible to prevent, because like like you were saying, they go after pests and pests and disease go after trees that are less healthy. Yeah, hundred so percent. It's uh, so what else? What else you got going? Like, what are you seeing? Are you seeing the black knot as bad as in the past? Um, it, it's it's always kind of the same. Um, you know, if you're staying on top of it, you know. Like it's it, we tend to do that when when the the trees uh, go into dormancy because it's easier to spot. Um, but we've been doing a lot of tree removal um, lately, just because people are spending more time at home and and wanting to uh, do new projects and and you know kind of revamp their yards. So we, we've been doing quite a bit of that um, and uh, the shaping now that the the, the flowering is all done on on the, the crabs and stuff, so we've been doing a we lot of shape them up a bit. Yeah, nice. All right, well, go enjoy your day with your boys. I know you're off to soccer. Yeah, soccer and one uh, ten. Yeah, so enjoy enjoy the Father's Day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at uh, 
at the, the other farm. the other thing I wanted to quickly mention too, um, yep. because a lot of people don't really know um, how the process works. Um, you know, with getting your trees done, and you know what 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 they have to do, and and how they can contact us. If they if you go to our website, uh, we have a video posted now of you know the step by step of of what it uh, what it entails for us to uh, to take care of your trees and shrubs and and lawn and and that sort of stuff. So it just kind of breaks everything down and what you can expect when uh, when they contact us to uh, take care of their stuff. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's a great video. It 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 shows the process, and we've and we've worked hard at trying to get it the right operating system and the right uh, way of contact. Is it absolutely perfect? One hundred percent? No, um, but we we're definitely real close to making sure that we don't lose contact with you when you do contact us. So, um, yeah. So look in there. It's actually pretty easy little little video to watch and. Uh, you get to see Mark himself in, in the flesh, so you can have a look at that and uh, and uh, and go from there. All right. Thanks again, right Mark. Have, have a good day, everyone. Happy Father's yeah, Day. Thanks, Bye-bye. All right. Um, always good to hear from Mark. Got a few, uh, a few texts, a few texts to go here. Um, when should I do my second application of the lawn fertilizer? We're getting real close right now. Depending on when you did the earlier one, if you did it like early May, right now is a great time um, to hit it with the second second batch of fertilizer just before we head into the heat of, of July. Get it in there, get those roots established nicely. And if you haven't done the, the first one, um, now is still a great time. You can still do some catch-up. It kicks in pretty quick, and you'll, and you'll see uh, how quick your lawn will green up and start to thicken up. Um, and if you don't like to do it yourself, you can do as Mark was saying. We we do do lawns now, so if you need to to check that out, uh, we'd be more than happy to come and fertilize your grass for you as well. If you if you don't want to to look after that yourself, but right now is a, is a good time. Um, and again, it, I get asked this a lot: how how much? What do I set my lawn fertilizer at? It's more on the weight um, and and the size of your lawn. So you got to Measure the square footage and just length times width. That'll give you a square footage approximately. And then when you look on the bag, like on the initial um, fertilizer application, it will cover 3,000 square feet. So um, a fairly big area. And so what I do is I just set my setting down to about three or four. And then I go one way and then I go the other and then go diagonally just till I use up that amount of fertilizer in that designated area. And uh, and then that way you get good coverage. If you try to open it up to like eight or nine, it's coming out fast and you're running and you get almost through and it's uh, not quite, <laughs> you don't have quite enough to finish, which is maybe good. Then you come buy another bag for me. But, uh, <laughs> but you want to just make sure you spread it on properly, follow the directions. If you do go a little heavier, um, as long as you're not going heavy and all in one spot, it will not burn. Um, the only time it burns, if you have it wide open and you stop and you let it fall into a pile onto your grass, it will burn at that point. And But for the most part, you, you'll be totally fine. And where are we at here? We got a couple of house houseplant questions. It this says, could you please help me with my peacefully? Two-thirds of it are great. The other third is droopy as if it's thirsty. 
when I water it, I make sure the water goes through the entire pot and into the sink until the water runs through. The droopy leaves are still very green. I'm stumped. Yeah, it. Um, I, I agree. It almost looks like it maybe broke off at the root because the peace lilies are very, they're segmented roots. So what I would maybe do is, is just see if you could gently just tie that back up um, where, the, where it's drooping. And it looks like it just, those part of the roots maybe broke off. Or you could pull the whole thing out of the pot and then repot it. And then you could, uh, that will help tighten up the root system as well. Um, give that a try. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to take some calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The Calgary Fire Department responded to a two-alarm fire early this morning. At around 2 a.m., fire crews responded to a structure fire in the city's northeast where they found large volumes of smoke and fire coming from a two-story residential duplex. The fire was quickly brought under control. All residents were evacuated safely and will be displaced until repairs can be made. A one-year-old boy, five-year-old girl, and an 11-year-old boy are among those injured in a birthday party shooting in Toronto last night. Police say a 23-year-old man also suffered gunshot wounds. Investigators say they're looking for multiple suspects in the shooting, which happened around 8 p.m. in the Rexdale neighborhood of northwest Toronto. It is 15 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And another thing I'm seeing a little bit of and getting asked a bit, uh, Swedish columnar aspens only leafing out a bit on the bottom. They look like they bud out on the top, and they just don't ever leaf out. You can just really try the slow, deep watering on them. Try using Rage Plus and and see if it'll snap it out of it. Um, but they just sometimes they just do that, and it's it's a bit frustrating. I know we've had a couple at the store do it as well. It's just almost like they get freeze-dried. So, unfortunately, um, if that doesn't work, I would... Uh, I would just, might have to cut it out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's uh, it's not good. You see a bit of that, and, and, the, and the drier spalls we get, we're going to see stuff like that. And I got another picture here of a green ash. Um, and, and they just, they don't fully leaf out, and they get a lot of winter desiccation. So it's really important that we water our trees in going into fall. Okay, once we get in, past the mid-September, watering them in really good. And uh, and hopefully, what and that's what does them in, is just if they, when they go to bed totally dry, and then they go through the winter, and we have that dry, dry winter, and it just sucks the moisture right out of them. So it's not good. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And right now I'm going to go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Oh, uh, I have a peony. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the third year I've had it, and it won't grow. It's only maybe about eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. Have I planted it too deep? Is yes, I was just going to say, yeah. I would, I would say you probably have it too deep. Okay. Because they, 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 lo- 
like they all they're very fussy if they're not um planted in the exact almost the same height they had them in the pot or where you, if you moved it or something uh-huh. they really don't like it they'll they won't perform for you so i would just i would i would gently just dig around it like sort of dig like six eight inches all the way around it okay. and prop it out of the ground and then just sort of break off the top bit of soil and then okay. just repot it where you start seeing some, a little bit of root hairs leave them just a bit exposed and then just repot it back down into the ground. Okay. And then and let's do that it? early in the morning before it's like before it gets too 30. hot or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, wait till after this next couple of days where it's going to be plus thirty if it's in full sun. If yeah, it's it in is. a bit of a cooler, yeah. So um, just let go past this little bit of heat and okay. then uh, water it well the day before. Just do that. That uh, even if you want to do the root pruning, like dig that circle around it the day before which is fine. It just helps it heal. And then when you, when you prop it up with the shovel underneath it, just yep. like I said, just break that crown off around the round bite by the trunk of it. Okay. And then, and then push it back down and hopefully that will help. Okay. Cause this is its last chance. Otherwise it goes into the <laughs> green bin. <laughs> I hear you. It, it, it is frustrating. And that is like when I, when you first said it, that was my first thought was, it, it definitely sounded like it was just planted too deep. Okay. And another question. I've got a spruce tree that's growing where it's not supposed to be. It's still fairly small. Maybe, I don't think it's even a foot high yet. Can mm-hmm. I dig it out and put it in a container? Will it live in a container or will its roots freeze in the winter? Yeah, it typically won't live in a, in a container all winter. Okay. Uh, you might get a couple years. But the bigger container, the better. Like yeah. if it's in a in a bigger bed, um, okay. but yeah, typically they they won't survive for yeah. long periods of time in 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 a pot. So yeah, better to find fun. a good home for it and yeah. uh, and go from there. Okay, sounds good, Merle. Alrighty. Okay. Have a good Thank weekend. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Myrna. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and I'm gonna go down to the greenhouse. We're gonna go down and chat with Jen. What's going on down there, Jen? Come on down to the greenhouse, Merle. <laughs> How <laughs> nice. are you? Good. I'm doing great. Good. You Happy guys, Father's uh, Day, too, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, I get uh, one, my one son was coming home, and my daughter was heading out to work this oh. morning. So <laughs> yeah, they had a little bit of a. Anymore. Yeah, they had that little after grad thing last night, so they had awesome. a little bit of fun. So, awesome. yeah. 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 It's nice they were able to to get out a bit and sort of with their 20 of their friends and had yeah. some fun. So good. Absolutely. For them. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what's going on down there? We're getting, you got a sale going on. We have a sale going on. I don't know if you heard all our annuals are on, are on sale. So the hanging baskets, the veg, the herbs. Um, so it's a BOGO 50, buy one, get one 50% off of equal or lesser okay. value. Um, okay. But that's anything in the annual section, so not tropicals, not perennials, but just all those annuals. And there's tons. There's so many hanging baskets. I'm so proud of the team, too. The hanging baskets this year are phenomenal. They, um, right, because they've had time to kind of grow in our greenhouse as well as where they came from. And so they're all filled in and colorful. They look incredible. Yeah, they have some nice hangers. And our growers, I uh, wanted to say thanks to them that we work with yeah. um, in, the, in the off season. And we're going to work with them again this year with some new um, some new designs, some new colors. Oh, is that for right? Next, 
Yeah. Oh. I think he might be part of that. So. Oh. <laughs> So that sounds fun. Yeah, they're beautiful, the baskets. Some of the combinations this year and the planters have been really cool, stuff I didn't expect. There's one particular plant. I still don't know what it is. I've had a lot of customers ask me, and I have to take a moment to actually figure that out. It's an annual, but, um, yeah, they're fantastic combinations. A good majority of our stuff all comes from the central and southern Alberta region. We truly try to support Alberta as much as we can. So we do have a lot of, of stuff coming from Alberta, which um, we do try to support our growers and our, our local economy as much as we can. Absolutely. And, uh, and we're proud of that. Like We, we don't um, go shopping down into the States and things like that for our trees and shrubs. We, we try to get local in Western Canada. Canada. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent I have this morning. I don't know. I That's okay. I didn't right, even have tequila good. last night. I there you nothing. go. Well, that- <laughs> Maybe I should have. It's okay. It's a perky Sunday. Okay, so you got um, you got lots of that going on. Perennials are a little harder to find this year, aren't they? I'm finding it a bit of a struggle with some of the ones that are popular. Yes, including the water plants, actually, if we add that to the list of annuals that we keep in the perennial house. But yes, um, some of those perennials have been a bit of a struggle. They're also... Um, the turnover has been fantastic, though, as well. Like the specifically some of the bleeding hearts. There's a couple different kinds, but I can hardly keep those in stock. The peonies, um, oftentimes we have them sitting around, but those have been flying out the doors as well. Um, but getting them in terms of higher volumes has been difficult for some plants. Um, I know that we talked about the cushion spurge as well with that. Yeah, you finally got some of that in last week. Yes, and I found some more, um, so I did order some more. I'm just hoping on their end. I hope I got it in time too, but um, right because everybody's after it. So, and and that's the thing. So if you are out and about at a garden center and you see a plant that you like, and there's only a few there, I would grab it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this year, there is. And same with the trees and shrubs, we're having a bit of a trouble getting some of the varieties, some of the shorter varieties. And and during the pandemic last year, everyone went crazy for plants. And the annual growers that we work with, like that grow the petunias and all that, it's easier for them to pivot and they can increase their volume really quite easily. Mm-hmm. It was buy more seeds and da da da. There was never a she- a seed shortage, so we were able with our growers to pivot that way. So there's an abundance of 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 annuals and that this year we got lots and we had no issues there but where the issue is is in the trees and shrubs and the perennials because this pandemic is a north american wide thing and you can't just propagate them tomorrow right they're not a widget that you just they need to go from a from a two inch pot to a four inch pot to a six inch pot to a one gallon two gallon three gallon like all the way up so it it does take some time and and so we are definitely trying. So within next year, 2024, we should see it back to normal. <laughs> Jeez, hey, yeah, yeah but it does. Good. You're dealing with living things, right? And it just takes it takes that long to get them back up to size and stuff, right? So no, Merle, that's good for the for sharing the insight. So thank you for that too, because I mean, including myself before, I didn't know about some of that back end process, and so it's. You know, it's 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 frustrating, but then if you kind of know what's going on behind the scenes, it makes a little more sense, and then it's just a, a little easier to kind of figure out what you're going to do about that yourself. Right? Yeah, as a, as a they customer. just don't come off the factory floor, right? Like you just yeah. don't get a ten gallon, and uh, and it's automatically there. So it it, it does take time, and uh, and I know our growers 
and our nursery guys that we work with are, are definitely trying their hardest to to get things and 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 then also to keep the quality up like mm-hmm. i've seen some horrible quality stuff in some other places um where they just send it out just because they fill it in the pot it's barely rooted in and yeah. you pick it up and it comes right out of the pot like we have standards that we really try to stick with and we can't push them so like when they say our stuff isn't ready till july it has to have a percentage of of root before we release them and before we'll sell them because we do offer a two-year warranty on all our trees and shrubs the best in calgary and so and and with that you just you have to ensure that we're going to have a quality product and it, sometimes it does take a little bit longer but um we're we're working we're working hard at it so we're, we're getting there so awesome. is there anything kind of cool that you got in that you didn't expect maybe in the in the perennial section in the in the perennial section that Oh, I can't even think of some of the names, Merle. Some of the stuff, because I, I, when I order it, I, I go through and I try and look at all the photos and make sure the zone is, is appropriate as well because they don't always say. And so, yeah, there's some cool new perennials in there. It's looking colorful. I posted it on my own social media um, that I use for here. I, I would just say come on in and check it out. And we can show you what's new. Carolyn's in there all day today. Um, and and it's, they're stunning. There's so much flowering right now. The... Um, Monarda, the bee bomb, is fantastic yes. right now. It's such a contrast with the flower to the to the leaf. And I'm I, I rent my house, and I'm considering getting one just to get it in the ground there. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice. And Jessica, who does our social media, she's uh, taking some awesome pictures. So if you yeah. want to get a a quick glimpse of the garden center, um, check out our Facebook or Instagram. Um, you'll see lots of stuff around there. Absolutely. And, uh, and go check out the new dracenas and yuccas that we got, too. We have a fancy dracena in there. Jeff set it all up and looks pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be our next thing once we clear out some of these annuals. We're shooting for the first week in July. We're going to be loading up our tropical house, and uh, we'll be unveiling that. And we'll have a big tropical jungle going for you yes. in the first uh, first week in July. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thanks, Jen. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to pull up Bruce right off the bat here. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, good morning. How are you this morning? morning. I'm doing great. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, same to you. Same. Thank hey, you. Quick question. How- uh, I have large patches of clover over, uh, taken over my lawn. I'm just wondering what I can do about that. One of the best things you can do is um, water nice and thoroughly, that slow, deep watering. Um, using our greened up lawn fertilizer will will definitely help choke it out. And if it, if you have really heavy things just to get it under control, Killax that two four D, it works really good. Just spot spray the clover patches. And so what I would do is I would just water it really well, um, give it a shot of the fertilizer, and then once you mow it, then just hit those spotted areas with uh, with the two four D. And with the Killex, and uh, you'll be clover free before you know it. Okay, perfect. And just a, a quick follow up. So, a couple of years ago, I think I had, I had cinch bugs. I think there were cinch bugs. 
Yeah, because uh, that large patch is a sort of... Now, how do you know if you actually have cinch bugs? Can you actually dig in the soil and find Well, them? yeah, and you kind of see them. They like, like, yeah, they're just in there, and they kind of more look like the grass gets chewed rather than going brown. You kind of get lots of loose grass in those brown areas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I treated that before with ambush. Is that... Um, yeah, is that's that totally another one clean? that works. Yeah, that works great. Um, that uh, That's a good all-purpose... Somewhat all-purpose insecticide. It's a pyrethrin-based um, um, uh, insecticide, so that one works quite well. And but the thing is, and similar to what we were talking about with Mark with the trees and shrubs, when you have a nice healthy lawn, um, the bugs just can't take a foothold. But when it gets dried out, a little weaker, it's easier for them to get in, and, and then all of a sudden just start making a mess of it. So I just do a little bit slower, deeper watering. Um, get the Killex, which is a selective herbicide. Don't use Roundup or any of those ones that are non-selective. So what that means is a selective herbicide like Killex, it'll only kill broadleaf weeds, so it's safe to use in your grass. It won't kill the grass, but it will kill the um, broadleaf weeds, and they're like dandelions and clover and that. Okay, perfect. Thanks. I appreciate the information. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Take care, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and actually, I'm going to take a quick break to get them, my commercials back in order. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and again, happy Father's Day to all the, all the fathers out there. I'm going to go to the phone line saying so I'm going to chat with Shauna. Good morning, Shauna. Hi, how are you, Merle? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Um, I have weeping birch. And okay. before I knew about the beetle, I had cut off like the top of the tree yeah. because it was, you know, it was dying. And now I have another one in a memorial garden that I've done for my son. And now it's crown is looking like that so i'm just wondering what is it that i can use to get rid of it one of the best things to do is that slow deep watering too it's not even really the birch leaf miner that's affecting that it's just when a when a birch leaves out it's so like when they get bigger and bigger there's just so much foliage there and they do like it a little bit wetter so what i'd recommend is get a good soaker hose around the drip line of the tree and ensure that you're giving it that slow deep watering and okay. birch trees respond. Did it just die back this year? Um, the one died back uh, a year ago, and then this one is just starting um, okay. now. Okay, so it's probably a good chance we can get this one back. So what I would do is do that slow deep water and get a soak rose around the drip line okay. and, and soak it like sort of five, six hours every couple, two or three days for a bit just to get the moisture back up into the ground and then okay. give it a shot of... Um, Rage Plus, like around the drip line as well. So you'd fill up a bucket of Rage Plus. And how big is the tree now? Uh, it's probably, I'd say, 15 feet. Okay, so I'd probably give it a couple pails of Rage Plus just around the drip line. And okay. you can do that once a week for the next three or four weeks. Okay. And they respond really well. And it'd be interesting. Take a picture of it, if you don't mind, today. Okay. And Mark will mark it June twentieth, so it's Father's Day. Okay. And 
and then this let's just see if we can get this thing going within four to six weeks and uh and then just communicate with me back here and uh and hopefully we can do that because i've had quite a few customers where they around this early june they'll they'll take a picture of it we start treating it with the rage plus and mm-hmm. by the mid-july early august we we have that thing leaf right back to the top so Oh, nice. um, the, so the, other the Rage probably- Plus rebuilds the tissue in the plant. So okay. usually I'd recommend like for some stuff, our fertilizer or or this one, but I don't create or I don't have it. Like we sell this stuff for, for Sheldon who created it. It's just such a really good fertilizer for getting some of these trees back on track. And okay. uh, so I, I just think it works great. So the first one probably won't come back? Well, you can try it. Um, again, it's just what's what's it's just not getting enough water. So Mother Nature, they start shutting down from the top down. So if a tree isn't getting enough and it starts dying at the top, you'll you'll see the leaves start to go at the top, and then it'll slowly shut itself down and work its way down to the root until it totally dies. Okay. So. So it's just not getting enough of that slow, deep watering. And if people have irrigation systems, it's still not enough for those trees. Like your trees need that extra um, bit of water throughout the things. We have a heavy clay soil, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just tough on those big trees. And we get that heat going, and there's just nothing there to fulfill all that foliage all the way to the top. Because birch trees aren't really native for our area. They When you start going a little bit more north, You'll start seeing birch trees and stuff like that, but around here you don't see a lot of native birch trees. So, okay, well, I will give it a try and I'll take a picture and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, Thank it's very, very doable. Much. Yeah, it's very doable, Shauna. So, uh, um, let's let's give her a try. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Merle. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Good luck. Bye bye. All right, and. I got a little bit of time. One minute here. Birch tree, right side has no leaves. Left side has leaves. It has struggled the last few years. Um, I, I would just try to do the same thing. This one makes it look like it's probably gone a little bit further than some of the other ones we were just chatting about. But slow, deep watering. There's no tree well around it. I would put a tree well and get the grass away from right underneath it and this do that slow, deep watering Bark mulch under a birch tree makes a big difference just to hold that moisture in and rage plus. And I got to take a break for the news. Otherwise, uh, Gord's going to be a ragey guy on me. So I got to go. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A group, a group of volunteers took to the streets of Calgary's Beltline this weekend to offer outreach services and to clean up used syringes. Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. The outreach and cleanup effort was organized by AWARE, Alberta addicts who educate and advocate responsibly. It's a nonprofit made up of people who have a history of drug use. In addition to handing out basic needs, supplies, and connecting with Calgary's most vulnerable, members are also promoting the importance of harm reduction. The program manager of AWARE worries about the upcoming closure of the supervised consumption site at the Shelton Schumer Centre. Kathleen LaRose says she supports the idea of two 
two new sites being opened. But she says the loss of the Sheldon Schumer site will be hard on people who have built relationships at that location. The province has said that the Sheldon Schumer site will not close until two new locations are opened. No word yet on where those will be located or when they will be open. Carol and Curry de Castillo, Global News. One of Alberta's most well-known attractions wants international tourists back. This from Tourism Jasper's CEO James Jackson comes after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau met with premiers to discuss possibly reopening the Canada-U.S. border last week. Jackson says international tourists are vital. Given the fact that businesses in Jasper tend to make about two-thirds of their revenue in our peak season when the international visitors uh, come to Jasper, it's extremely, extremely important. Federal Public Safety Minister Bill Blair announced Friday Canada and the U.S. have agreed to close the border to non-essential travel until July 21st. And during a police operation yesterday, a police service dog was involved in a biting incident of a suspect and an innocent bystander. The CPS canine unit was deployed during a high-risk arrest of, uh, involving five fleeing suspects believed to be connected to a Calgary liquor store robbery in a stolen vehicle pursuit. The suspects were eventually located in the Calgary Zoo parking lot where one police dog was successful in apprehending one of the suspects. In the process, however, another canine bit a bystander, resulting in soft tissue injuries. Police remain in contact with the citizen to ensure their access to supports and resources during their recovery. All five suspects were apprehended and taken into custody. The investigation is ongoing. And the city of St. Albert, northwest of Edmonton, says that it's cancelled its Canada Day fireworks display because it was to be held on the site of a former residential school. The city says in a news release that Mission Hill, where the July 1st display was planned, is a site of the former Uville Residential School and that it likely contains unmarked graves of former students. It says it made the decision to demonstrate empathy and respect for members of the community who have experienced and who continue to experience the devastating effects of intergenerational trauma because of the residential school system in Canada. The release notes that the city wasn't able to find another suitable location in time that met the technical and safety requirements for fireworks display. Last month, a First Nation in BC announced that ground-penetrating radar had found what are believed to be the remains of 215 children buried on the site of a former residential school in Kamloops. And the City of St. Albert News release says it also scaled back a number of Canada Day activities due to the uncertainty of provincial COVID-19 public health measures. And Canada's National Airlines Association says it's pleased the government has introduced a standardized system to verify whether international travelers have been vaccinated. The government plans to have Canadians upload proof of vaccination pictures to a new app called ArriveCan, so border agents can verify if someone is fully vaccinated when traveling this summer. Mike McNanny, president and CEO of the National Airlines Council of Canada, calls on the federal government to provide a comprehensive reopening plan for international travel. The piecemeal release of that information, or what that approach might be, is not is absolutely not the most effective way uh, to be laying out the path forward for consumers, as well as industry, but consumers as well. The federal government has said it plans to scrap hotel quarantines for fully vaccinated Canadians returning to the country starting early July. 
It's 15 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and uh, Gord panicking had my mic off for a second, so I shouldn't do that to him or I. <laughs> uh, it's too early on Sunday morning. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Uh, happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, How can I help you? Yeah, I bought a, a rhododendron. Okay. And I was just wondering if you could give me some tips on how to keep it happy. Um, well, rhododendrons are a little bit tougher here in, here in Calgary. They yeah, need to be in a little bit that. of a sheltered location. And the problem with them is that they come out too early. Because typically, like, when you go in Vancouver, like they come up early, like, late March, early April, right? Yeah. And so they tend to be on that sort of time frame here. So what you need to do is try and keep them mulched over really well just okay. to keep them, slow them down so the ground doesn't get real, real warm. So I wouldn't put them in the hottest location in my yard. I'd put them in a well-lit area, somewhere oh. that's a little bit shaded for part of the day. Right. Um, and just so it's, it doesn't come up too early. Okay. And they like but, acidy soil, do they? Yes. So they, And that's what the next thing I was going to get. You want to ensure that you fertilize it with 30-10-10. Okay. Um, just don't do that past July. No. Okay. Nope. And, um, it's going to be quite close to a spruce tree, so that won't hurt it at all, will it? Like well, from the acid from the trees? Mm-mm. No? No, be- that's fine. It's just the the lack of moisture. Because um, if it gets too close to a spruce tree, no, it won't the be spruce real- tree takes all the moisture and any nutrients in the soil. So okay. you just got to ensure that you're you're replenishing the soil around the rhododendron and I wouldn't put it like right I would try to keep it a little bit away from it just so it's getting the proper light and the moisture yeah. that uh, the spruce tree will be taking okay and how about like for later on in the winter would I need to cover it with some burlap or anything like that or? no um I would just sort of mulch it over um a bit like this this normally keep the roots frozen i've seen lots of them in gardens we're, we're doing a few gardens this year i've seen them in inner city right. again just you just don't want to speed them up too quick early spring so oh, okay but the, and we do have a few varieties that are somewhat hardy for this area yeah but you I, just gotta remember they're not going to be the beautiful like no rhododendrons that you see in vancouver or something right they're just not going to perform quite right. like that like they're going to be nice but they're not going to be that wow look at that azalea yeah. look at that yeah so yeah i just thought it would be a little bit of a challenge to try one. absolutely yeah yeah no we have um um magnolia that are hardy we're going to try a few of those i i agree it's kind of fun to create that vancouver yeah. garden if you can in a certain part like we have the boxwood some of the hydrangeas and if you could get a couple of rhododendrons mixed in there, why not? Yeah. Okay, nope, well, nice. I'm going to give it a try anyway. Keep us posted. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Sylvia. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, Meryl. Hi there. How uh, can I help you? Um, 
Denver. Oh, I'm calling about, I've been using your lawn fertilizer, and like you say, it's, it's quite good, but I, this year is the first time I put it in my flower beds, okay? Yeah. In my containers, and one of them contains a tomato. So I was wondering, as far as fertilizing, do I still follow the same procedure as the lawn, or what do I do? Yeah, actually, no, it'll be in there in a slow release, so it should last quite a while. What I would do is once your, once your tomato gets grown a bit more, um, you just mix it into your soil when yes. you, in your tomatoes? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, that just works like a steady feeder throughout the season. So what I would do is sort of every two weeks, just feed your fertilizer normal, like with a 15, 30, 15 or whatever, if you like. Oh. Or if you want to mix a bit more in the top, with the lawn fertilizer you can but as they get bigger they might need a bit more food because they are a bit of a heavy feeder and, um, and what about the rose bushes i have about about six rose bushes too that i sprinkle it around should i that's perfect yeah just mix it around like don't go a real heavy clump just make sure it's spread out a little bit okay and uh yeah you'll be fine and so I should just do it like the twice? Yeah, just, just once once in the spring and then once about July, and that'll be perfect. And I, it doesn't need any more after that? No, no, you'll be good. Okay, thank you very much. Awesome, thank you. Let me know how that goes, Leslie. Will do, bye. Thank you, bye-bye. All right, where am I at for time? I'm still good. I'm going to go, and I think I already took Gordon, so I'm going to go to Melanie. Good morning, Melanie. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. But our columnar Swedish aspen is not super good. It has, like, you know, on the trunk where branches have been cut off? Yeah. Uh, it was weeping out of some of those, and it seemed to only do it when it's been raining. Yeah, and that's what happens when it gets too wet. They ooze out the moisture. Like, that's sort of this the way of releasing. If they have too much moisture, they're not using it all up. Okay. And so it, it, it's fairly normal. Oh, okay, um, so just ensure. Super. I was worried it was something that, uh, like some kind of fungus or something like that. No, but as long as it's um, pruned properly where it can slowly heal over and it's not a stump, like, so just make sure that it's a proper wound where it can heal over, like where it's close enough to the trunk where it can heal. Um, yeah, it'd be totally fine. That's just nature's way again. Like with, if it gets too wet in certain areas, It'll pull it up, and then it just oozes out some of those branches. It's like sweating. Okay, and it's okay if it's sort of like a brown color. Yeah, that's just normal coming out of the out of the. You just don't want to keep it too wet because it can cause a fungus after a while. And that's what I was saying. If it's not a proper wound, if the moisture's sitting in there and kind of oozing and kind of fermenting, I guess. Yeah. Then, so you just yeah. have to make sure that it's not too wet yeah. in the in the wound. Because I think they were actually original from the nursery. Those cuts, those weren't even ones that we'd done ourselves. Yeah. Where it's so they should be oh. those ones that should be healing over. And that's that's quite normal, and you'll see that, and and like you said, when it's real wet, if it's in a bit of a wet spot as well. Okay, yeah, I think sometimes my husband kills him with kindness, gives him a bit too much water, so I'll have to sort him out there. There you go. All, All right, right, thank, thank you, so you. Much, Merle. Thanks, Melanie. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye bye. And actually, I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Hey, Merle. Uh, just a quick thing before uh, talk about my orchid. Um, they call uh, the uh, one that you had before the news about slow watering their tree. 
Yeah. Would a gator uh, bag work on that? It, it does, but uh, more for newly planted trees up to about three or four years old. Um, when you get to the bigger trees, like the ones that are been planted like for 10, 8 to 10 years or 5 to 10, your roots are further out. It, 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 the, the gator definitely won't hurt it, but you're not getting water out. That's sort of why I say the drip line, and that's why I like those sweaty hoses. Yeah, You hook yeah. them up, and just it just drips out of the hose, and you just put it around the drip line of the tree. So that's the outer branch circumference of the yep. tree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I just threw that in. in, in yeah, no. It, it's a great running. thing for newly planted trees. It's probably the best. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, now to my orchid. I, I received this orchid about two months ago from a friend, and uh, it had finished blooming. I clipped the, um, the uh, stem off. I uh, repotted it in, in new... Um, uh, a new um, soil or culture, and cut the uh, cut all the most of the black roots off. And uh, I'm just wondering, as I said, it's been about two months now. Uh, when am I going to get another uh, branch up? Because um, so far, uh, two new leaves have shown up. Okay, well that's good. And what are you feeding it? I'm just doing uh, just a basic water once a week. Okay. I'd give it a little shot of fertilizer if it's it's that means it's healthy. It's it's rooting in nicely and and sending out new leaves, which is a good sign. But I'd probably give it a little bit of orchid food, like either even just a a flowering food, like a fifteen thirty fifteen would be great. Okay, because I only got uh, uh, organic rage. Yep. If you give it some of that, that'll work as well. That should help out. Okay. Anyway, thanks. And a lot. it just takes a bit of time. Like, make sure it's in a good, bright, sunny spot. Well, I and, have east exposure. Uh, That's the problem. Yeah. So just try and get it in as much light as you can, or even get yourself a really nice grow light into one of your lamps. It's one of those bulbs you can screw in. Yep. And uh, get a little bit of artificial light then, because they do like that brighter light, and it does help. Okay. Well, anyway, have yourself a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gordon. Take care, man. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Charlotte. Good morning, Charlotte. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Great. Uh, First off, on May 7th, I had your Spruce It Up tree trimming guys come and do my 50-foot um, spruce tree, and they did a fantastic job. Awesome. Um, and then, but earlier this week, I had a crew that is installing the 5G um, network, the prep for it, mm. and instead of using a ditch witch uh, to go under the ground and make the trench, they did it by hand and cut through 
two of the big feeder um, uh, roots of my 50-foot spruce tree. Okay. What do I do for it? Is it going to kill it? Um, it? It probably won't kill it. Um, the only thing I would worry about if, if removing too many of those big surface roots, especially on a big tree like that, is the support. Because that's okay. what holds a big tree like that up. You know, when it gets when it gets big like that, it's right. very very top heavy. Okay. So if the more of those roots it loses, the less stable they stay. Okay. But that being said, if it's just a couple roots, I would say we're probably going to be okay. Oh, good, good, okay. Um, and one other quick question: I heard a guy talking about trying to get rid of his clover in his lawn. And yeah. I've been researching clover lawn um, <laughs> yeah. because my, my grass is terrible because I've got so many spruce trees in my yard. Is that a good idea to, to do clover? Um, it won't really grow under there either. So what I would do is like where I have lots of spruce trees is underneath the drip line, I just try to remove most of the grass and I would just put bark mulch underneath there. Okay, and so that will be 90% of my yard done. <laughs> well, then, it, but then it looks like it's on purpose, and then it looks good, right? It right. doesn't look like you're trying to grow half half grass, you know, <laughs> like that looks like crap. Okay. So, so this way, you look like you did it on purpose. And I had a house in Dalhousie, the same thing. The whole front yard I had, in the, and the grass was horrible. I had, like, there's, like, 10, 20, 30-foot spruce trees. I just took out all the grass, put mulch everywhere, and where I had a couple of strips of lawn along by the road and by the sidewalk. Yeah. And just made it look like it was on purpose. And then you just put a couple of boulders, some driftwood, maybe a couple other little things, a couple of junipers in those areas. Oh, perfect. And then it just looks like you did it on purpose, and it's going to look a lot better. It doesn't look like you're fighting with grass that doesn't grow. So Okay. Uh, should I, uh, back to the spruce tree, should I paint over the root? No. Just no, leave it. No, okay. No. Just just bury it again. Um, see, let it heal for a bit. But give it some good slow, deep watering. And I'd probably hit it with like uh, 10, 52, 10. 10, 52, 10. Okay, thank so you So that's very a much. high middle number. So that'll help get the roots going again and just heal up nicely. Great. Thank you. All right. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to actually, yeah, actually, I'll go to Forrest. Good morning, Forrest. Good morning. Um, How can I, I help you? what we think is horsetail growing in my garden. We've never okay. had it before, and I'm just wondering how to get rid of it. It's really hard to kill. It's almost like Teflon. Like, Roundup doesn't seem to affect it even. Like, it, because it's, you're talking about, it's, a, it's almost like a, it's a really light, faint green with a little furry top on it. Yep, that's it. Yeah, it, it's really hard um, for any of the herbicides. I would just dig it out, like just get a, a good pitchfork, a good garden fork, and dig down as deep as you can, get as much as that root as you can. And when you turn up, when you dig that clump of soil up, just get as much as the root as you can. Okay. A lot of manual labor. It, it is with those because, like I said, it's almost like Teflon. Like they're almost like they're built to survive. <laughs> like it's just uh, – and that just the any of the herbicides or anything you spray on it just seems to go right over top, right? Just falls right off it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and without getting into any commercial stuff, um, 
um, it just you're just not going to have great success. So you're better off just to get rid of it, get rid of that seed. Even if you want to cut off the seed head ahead of time before digging it, that way you're not spreading more of the seeds around. Um, if yep. there's not too much of it, get a hold of it before it goes crazy on you, and okay. uh, and then you'll be good. Terrific. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take one more call before the break. We're going to go to, go to Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Hi, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. I seem to be having a problem with my cherry tree where I've got black bugs collecting under the bottom of the leaves, and they seem to drip. It looks like a sap on the leaves as well. Yeah, you, let's not you got aphids going on. And aphids coming green. Black. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but they used, we used to call them the Russian aphids or different aphids. So oh, okay. um, it's just there was there, they come, and a lot of it depends on what they're eating, right? So out of your cherry tree, the pigment in there is probably a little darker, so then they turn that color. Mm, so I have no sort of a lighter green in the areas where they're collecting. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, okay. but when they get in there, but that's sort of, it's just a different type of aphid. So, and they look like a little squishy and they kind of look like they're gooey. Like, yeah, I think that even a red juice yeah. came out of them when I squeezed them. Yeah, no, yeah. those are just red aphids. So, pure spray green, or you can just get, like, if you can get your uni nozzle on your on your hose, Yeah, just get in there and spray it down really good, not with a pressure washer pressure, but a good pressure. Hose all the new growth off, spray it with pure spray green, and then again in five days do the same thing. Spray it down with the hose and then let it dry a little bit and then hit it with pure spray green. Typically, if you do it three times every five days, you will break that cycle because they're born pregnant, all the aphids, so you just have to break that cycle to get rid of them. And right now is a good time. There's lots of them, so just, just hose them down, spray them with pure spray green, and you should be good. Perfect, and it doesn't affect the fruit that comes off it in the future. Then, well, it, no. If you leave it, it will. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, the bugs will eat it all. Green, sorry. No, that- it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, so it, it it's fine. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, one more question, if you don't mind. I'm, and it ends on my lawn. There seems to be round circles where the grass is dying in some areas. Maybe the size of a okay. golf ball. Maybe a bit smaller. Maybe a bit bigger. Is that right. that? Uh, could be a bit of a, under the ground. Yeah, just maybe dig in there and see if you see any beetles. It could be the start of a cinch bug, a little bit infestation. Again, just ensure that you're doing that slow, deep watering. You didn't do any spot spraying for dandelions or anything? Just the uh, weed be gone in some areas, but not the areas that I'm having the problem. Okay. Yeah, sometimes if I see that mix too strong, I'll see little dead spots around your lawn, but you should be good. Oh, okay. Is there anything I should be doing to try to kill it off? Like a... Um, I would just check and see if there's anything underneath there that's growing. But again, I would just do a little bit slower, deeper watering, and a good fertilizer should help get it through any of those spots. Yeah. And just see if there's anything in there. Like if, it, if there's some bugs, you can also use the pure spray green to get rid of the cinch bug in there. Cinch bug. So it's not that uh, worm or that. Uh... Well, no, you'd see lumps of dirt coming up and it'd be real lumpy. Okay. If it's that, it could be dewworms. Okay, okay, But it typically doesn't kill it like that, so. All right, thanks for your help. All right, thank you so much. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Mainly sunny and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A one-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl and an 11-year-old boy are among those injured in a birthday party shooting in Toronto last night. Police say a 23-year-old man also suffered gunshot wounds. Investigators say they're looking for multiple suspects in the shooting, which happened around 8 p.m. in the Rexdale neighborhood of northwest Toronto. And during a police operation yesterday, a police service dog was involved in a biting incident of a suspect as well as an innocent bystander. Suspects of a liquor store robbery and vehicle theft were located in the Calgary Zoo parking lot where one police dog was successful in apprehending one of the suspects. In the process, another canine bit a bystander, resulting in some soft tissue injuries. Police remain in contact with the citizen to ensure their access to supports and resources during their recovery. It's 16 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. Actually, I did want to mention I had uh, a texter mention uh, Dr. Doom for ants. Um, we just carry a different brand that works like the same as well. Uh, it's a product that's called Knockdown. It's an aerosol spray, and it works really well for ants as well. So um, if you see that, there's one Dr. Doom brand. And then knock down. Um, these ones work quite good. They have a little bit of residual in them, so they work really well. Um, a little bit more sustaining for for some of the ant problems that you might have as well. I'm going to go to Jill. Good morning, Jill. Morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, I'd like to know about witch's broom, or am okay. I rose finished? Um, which is broom? Um, did you have the yellow or the purple? Uh, I really don't know what it's. Uh, the leaves are all gibbled. It's hard to. I yeah. never went out and looked to see. Yeah, that's kind of how they are. I guess that's why it's called the witch's broom. They kind of look like they're curled over. They kind of yeah. look like uh, yeah, and that and that's fairly I, normal. Four roses already that are like that. Four roses that are starting. curling over too. Pardon? The the roses are curling over as well. The leaves of the the roses are almost dead because of the they don't get leaves they just get all this this gibbled leaves coming out. Huh. I is the best thing to do on that one is make sure you're doing a good. Did you just plant the roses? Are they new? No, they're old. Okay. What I would do is, if you can, just cut off a couple branches and just put them into like a sandwich Ziploc bag. And then if you're near a garden center, if you're near Spruce It Up, come out and see us. Um, Terry out there will be able to help you. Oh, well, um, if are you anywhere near Saskatoon or Regina? Oh, five hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only thing is maybe some type of uh, a bug is maybe getting in there um, like aphids at this time of year sort of make them. They love going after roses when they're early. So if you can get a product like like Ambush, I'm not sure if you'll get pure spray green out there. And if you're on a I, farm, I, I you should be able to go to... And it didn't help. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's really I think the only thing I do is... witch's broom. Yeah. If I pull well, which, it out, oh, I, can I plant a peony in its place? 
Absolutely. Yeah, peonies um, should do great. It won't get the witch's broom, the peony? Okay, and I don't know what the witch... I thought you were talking about the plant called witch's broom, so... No, no, um, no, no, no. It's a disease. Yeah. It's rose rosette. Witch's okay, broom. witch's broom. Okay, sorry. I was on a... I was on a different. I was on a different page of witch's okay. broom, um, and I'm just looking this up right now. And ha! Huh, it doesn't look. Yeah, on roses. I'm just going to see if it what it does on those. But I'm looking on some of the bigger trees. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Rose Rosetta. How to treat it? It is. Huh. They, they say it's caused by a mite or of something. Yeah, the bugs get in there. Again, it, it, it it's a lot of it is. Hmm, I don't see what the treatment is. Distorted roses, da da da. I again, this says it's it's harbored from overwintering mites. So you guys got to try to use uh, primerithrin. So maybe just try and cut the whole thing back. Take off, cut off about thirty percent of the top part. Okay. And and see if it'll just grow some new stuff. Give it a good watering and then fertilize it like with a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number and just okay. see if you can get it to regrow out of that uh, disease that you got there. Okay, I'll try that then. All right, Thanks thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, bye-bye. And the other thing, um, it can be spread, uh, it does not spread by dirty pruners either, but only by tiny mites. Huh. So we got to get those mites under control. See, I haven't seen that here, so or heard much about that one. So it's it, it's good. Hopefully, it stays out of here. Let's go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Hello. Hi, Gordon. How can I help you? Hi, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you great. doing? Good. Thanks. Um, Good. I did a radical uh, pruning on my Catonia Astro Hedge this year. Took it okay. right down to the ground. Perfect. And it's coming back really nice. It's back up about yep. a foot, foot or better. But I've got quack grass in it. And is there anything, and I've got quack grass and some old lilac hedges too. Is there anything yep. I can spray to get that quack grass out of there without hurting Round up. Yeah, Roundup? as long as you can use Roundup, but just make sure you only spray the grass. Like put a tube or something over top of the grass and then spray down into the tube so that way it only sprays the grass. Okay, because it's in there in amongst the Catoni Asters that are coming up pretty good, eh? So Yeah, so you might just have to, that one might be just a bit of a labor of love and get in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wondering it, But that. like the Roundup won't kill the, unless it hits the leaves. So if it just touches the yeah. bark, it'll be fine. Okay. So you can get in there and maybe just even get some on like a, put a rubber glove on and then put a cloth glove over top, like one of those soft terry cloth gloves. Oh, okay. And then yeah. you can just put that into the Roundup and then just rub it on the grass on the lower part. Oh, okay. And okay. Try that. Just do a small area and see if it works, and yeah. then then do the whole thing. Like, don't spend five hours doing the whole thing and find out it didn't work. So yeah. <laughs> just try a small area. Try three or four feet, and if it works okay. in a couple of days, the heat. This is perfect time to do it. It's supposed to get nice and warm. So yeah. you bet. So it's a perfect time to. Okay, that sounds good. I'll do that. Alrighty, and that's Great. good. I'm glad this. 
So just ensure that when you're with your Katoni Asterage after doing that, ensure you put the Socorros on there too and yeah. ensure that you're getting the good moisture and then give it a few shots of fertilizer as well, like 20, 20, 20, and you'll see okay. it just perk right up because you have all of that energy in that root system that's pushing up new growth. So that's good. Okay. Um, could I ask you another quick question if I could? Sure. I've got a, actually in the middle of that Katoni Aster heads, there was a gooseberry bush that was coming up that it's coming up better than the Katoni Asters actually. But yeah. I've got an old lilac hedge I'd like to pull out and almost replace it with that gooseberry hedge, eh? Those gooseberry yeah. plants. Um, it, how do I go about that? Do I just cut those off and get them in some roots? Yeah, do you, are you on an acreage or are you on a, yeah. in the city? Yeah. No, I'm out on an acreage there east of Strathmore. Do you have Do you have access like to a bobcat or a tractor with a bucket? Yep, you bet. So one of the best ways is 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 just cut the tops off and then just come at it on the side, just dig down like a, a foot away from the hedge. And the roots mm -hmm. are actually really quite fibrous. So if you have a tooth bucket, you'll just scoop that right up. And then you could even transplant them somewhere else if you wanted to. Like they actually transplant. I've done quite a few bare root hedges that way where I just okay. dug it up and moved the the then there's re replant the the root ball somewhere else so. okay yeah i don't know if i could do that because that gooseberry is kind of right in the middle of my catoni after yeah catoni asters down so yeah but if, for the lilac if you want to get rid of it just cut it down oh, yeah. and then just go on the side with uh with the tractor with some teeth and then yeah. just go down and then just you'll just pull the whole root you'll just get big clumps into the roots and everything will be right in there and then you can you just got. fill that back in with soil and plant yep. your gooseberries. That sounds great. All righty. Okay. Thanks for your help, Merle. All right. Take care. Yeah. Thanks. You bet. Bye -bye. Same to you. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with John. Good morning, John. Morning, Merle. Good day, sir. How are you, John? I can't complain at all. No one <laughs> listens to, to me when I complain. Did you get a picture of my spruce tree? Pardon me? Did you get a picture of that spruce tree? Actually, I think I might have. If I look up here, yep. You Happy were... Father's Day, Merle. Thank you so much. Hey, is this is a healthy tree or what? Can, you can tell your listeners, water, water, water does make a difference. Yeah, that looks, look at that growth on that one. And that's the one you have in your front yard. That's and I know you keep it. Side. Yeah, thanks you keep you it fairly and, pruned. Yeah, thanks to you and all your uh, advice and all that. The, uh, yeah, that's the, look at the growth on that thing. Uh, snow, wow. snow farming. It yeah, does a real good it, job. But it likes it too, because spruce tree, it's on a hill, so it's not going to sit in water. It likes the drainage. Um, so... Looks awesome. I love the new growth on there. Yes. Now, potatoes. I'm doing the box type, you know. When do I yep. keep filling the uh, box with? When um, just with just garden soil, just regular garden soil. Just keep filling it up. But how, uh, when? Well, as the, as, the t as the potatoes keep growing up the top. Oh. You so just I keep only have a, just a little bit of a growth on there rather than a whole big. 
Yeah, so that's that's right. You just keep gr- covering it as it grows. Sort of like oh, it's called, like just like hilling your potatoes, I guess, right? Well, even more so, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because uh, last year I only got the potatoes in the bottom. Nothing on their sides, you know. So, it, and it also depends, and, and again, I'm kind of, I'm not drawing a blade, but uh, it's the type of potatoes you use, too. There's certain potatoes that will grow on the branch as it grows up and some that only grow out the bottom. So some of them you need to plant more potatoes as you grow. You put another layer of potatoes and then and then it grows a bit more and then you put another layer. So it's also the type of potatoes that you're using. Oh, okay. I, I kind of wondered if there was a certain... Yes. That I should use. Yes. Because we all see the, some of those things on social media where the guy gets, says, 500 pounds out of a yeah. box or out of a tire. Mm-hmm. It's not totally true. It depends on what, what they're using and uh, and what potato or if they're planting multiple potatoes at different layers. Oh, okay. And the other, should I be, or should I have deadheaded my uh, lilac trees? Yeah, you should, but if you don't, it, they still will just bloom like crazy. As long as you're feeding and and doing the water thing, you should do it just when they just when they finish blooming, which is about now. You can just trim off a bunch of that. So, but they should should still be fine. Okay. All righty. So that's it for now. That's it. Thanks, John. Happy Father's Day to you. Take thank care. Thank you. And same to you. Thank you, sir. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. I have a mature apple tree. It's about 30 years old. And I noticed that they're on the lower part of one of the branches. The bark has come off it. So I don't know whether it's to cover it or to fertilize the tree with something. Do you think it was any type of damage or anything? No, it's just the tree has grown and the bark has just peeled off. Okay, is it right down to like real smooth underneath it, yeah. or is it still rough? Yeah, it's smooth. Okay, uh, it must have maybe from a previous injury years ago or something um, that just didn't heal, totally sealed it up. Well, the only it'll probably be fine if you just leave it. The only thing I maybe would do is use a product called Lac Balsam. Yeah, it's a pro. It's a bark replacement. Okay. And it just seals it up, just so you don't lose all your moisture out of there. And So is it like a tar? It, it, it's like a tar, but it's more of a, it looks like a caulking or something like that, like a bit more silicone-based. It's green, and it comes, it's a breathable bark replacement rather than putting a tar, yeah. which will suffocate it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not a, not a fan of the tar at all. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the, yeah, I, I just wanted to know. So, this answers my question as far as what, yeah. I, can, what I can put on. And I should I be able to find that at most greenhouses? Um, I, w- I think most have it. I know we have it down at Spruce It Up. Okay. Um, we have to special order it. Um, it's not from our normal supplier. Okay. Again, I just try to find this one's out of Europe. And uh, it just, it's, I just, I hate putting the tar on trees. So, I found out what what is the best product to use, and then this lac balsam is that product. So, so it's it's called lac balsam, but it's referred to as a bark grower. 
Bark replacement, yes. Bark replacement, okay. Yeah, so okay. what it does is you put it on wounds and things like that, and it still lets the tree breathe where the tar and that just can suffocate it. Exactly, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, great, thanks a lot. You're very welcome, okay, thank you. bye-bye. Take care, bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Norma. Good morning, Norma. Morning, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, Quick question. I have a flowering fertilizer that I use, 153015, and I use that on tomato plants. Absolutely. Oh, good. Perfect. I don't have to buy two separate kinds. No, and that's and that's what I've tried to do, like with our Green It Up brand. Um, I got the twenty twenty twenty, which is an all purpose. Mm-hmm. The flowering fifteen thirty fifteen mm-hmm. is good for all your fruit, and it's also good for your blooming. And then we do have the ten fifty two ten, which is if you're doing a whole bunch of transplanting, it's good early on. Right. And then I have the evergreen one. So I tried to keep it pretty simple mm-hmm. rather than one for each variety of plant and things like that. Because a lot of them are, it's just the numbers. Yeah. So we've tried to keep it fairly simple oh. and uh, and try to fulfill all the all the needs of the plants. I know you see in, in the different centers, stores, whatever, where they have flowering and then they have tomato fertilizer. Stuff. Yeah, and we, and we do have a few of the tomato uh, in the organic um, but the fifteen thirty fifteen is what I use. It's the high middle number that produces the blooms, which will produce the fruit. So, and it's also good for the roots. So, it's a, it's a great sort of all purpose for for most of your flowers as well. Like for the fruit and blooming mm-hmm. plants, will be perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Well, that's all. And I if need. you're growing the bigger tomatoes, the only thing you might need, mm-hmm. like unless if you're growing like the big beefsteaks, is a bit of calcium supplement. Okay. Yeah, I've got that. Just to ensure you don't get that blossom end rot. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Alrighty. Your advice. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take Bye care. Bye for now. Bye, Norma. All right. I'm going to go to Dick. Good morning, Dick. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Okay. I've got a uh, Baroque, and I've got a, what they call a wasp gall on it. Is there yeah. any way to get rid of that? Um. This best, I almost just, it, it depends where it is on the thing. It's just cut it out is the best thing. Okay, it seems to be on all the branches. Oh, it's all over? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a hard one to treat um, on, on that. So I, so let me just have another quick look here on that, on there. It, it It's a really... It's because it's it's in the whole plant, right? Yeah. So once you have it, it, it's it's really hard to treat. Sometimes I like to try to cut it out as best you can, and and let's see here, cosmetic damage. There's no control required, and that's the thing. This when they get like the woody galls, it just it just looks mad, and they just simply just removed and destroyed as best you can. So they don't really. They don't do a lot. They just look, and the more and more you get, they look worse. So try and get the tree healthy, um, water it well, and unfortunately the oak aren't the fastest growing, so some of you don't get a ton of growth on them. So, But fertilizing it with a good 20-20-20 
or the deep root injections, like with a company like ours, um, try and get as much growth out of your out of your oak as possible, or and just try and cut out the ones that you can, like when they get a bit bigger and they'll dry out on you. Those galls. Yeah. So I can just yeah, kind of knock them off the tree or whatever I could. Yeah. Reach. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Thank you for your help. We'll see what I can do. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Have okay. a great one, Dick. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. And I think I got one more call, and I decided to write really sloppy, and I think it's Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Merle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. How can I help you? So I um, purchased a Hawthorne tree from Spruce It Up, I think about 10 years ago. It was recommended. And previous to that, I had a cherry tree that just all of a sudden didn't make it so I did replace it with the hawthorn and the hawthorn's grown really really beautiful until this spring and it's it's really struggling on about 70% of it to have any leaves there's only a few leaves coming out on some of the very ends of some of those branches um, yeah. so just wondering what that might be so what it, what it is it's just that winter desiccation unfortunately it's just um, as the trees get bigger, we maybe don't give them quite the attention we did when they were younger. And, and it's important to do that fall watering and that slow, deep watering and, and, and throughout the summer. And then especially mm-hmm. going into fall just to water them in really well. Cause when they go to bed and our last few winters have been really dry, like October, November, December, has been bone dry every right. year and warm yeah. and yeah. and really quite warm. So a lot of those trees like the hawthorns, the aspens, the green ash, they 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 just don't they they need that little bit of moisture to keep them frozen in. And then we get the moisture in December and and in January by that time it the ground's already bone dry underneath and and frozen so that it's hard to get the moisture in there. And it right. just they just winter desiccate. They just they just dry out throughout the winter. So Okay. Will it come back? Like Um, so what I would do slow deep watering right now, like I had mentioned, and hit it yeah. a few times with Rage Plus, like maybe every three or four days, slow deep watering, but give it lots of Rage Plus and see if you can get something going in there. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Great. I'll try that. All Thank right. you Thank so you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Thank you to everybody. And I apologize. I didn't get to all the text. There was a ton in here. I'm trying to go through a few more, but there's a lot. I won't get to them all. But I apologize. Happy Father's Day again. And we're going to get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.